0: Welcome to the Vineyard Northridge Weekly Sermon Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by our senior pastor, Neil Haney. For more information about our church, visit our website at vineyardnorthridge.org or find us on social media at Vineyard Northridge. So, uh, we're unleashed, Dennis and me. That sounds a little dangerous, doesn't it? But, you know, we've done like... 10-12 10 12 series in a row, and uh, we just get the opportunity now to do standalone messages. And and man, I've I've had some stuff in my heart for a while I wanted to share. And so this is this is a wonderful opportunity just to be unleashed and to be able to to uh, to share, you know, what's what's on my heart. And and so I just want to uh, start this morning by talking about something that is not talked about a lot. And um this, the, the the title of the message this morning is the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Um, I want to read a scripture that is at the very very end of the book of Second Corinthians. It's the last verse of Second Corinthians, and it's a it's a pretty cool verse because it incorporates the, the Trinity, the Lord Jesus Christ, God the Father, and the Holy Spirit. But we're going to focus in on the last part of this verse. So. I just want to read this. It's very short. Uh, this is Paul's benediction to the Corinthians at the end of his letter. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. You know, we, uh, we're a gospel-centered church. We, we try to incorporate the gospel in everything that we do and say and every time we teach uh, we want to continue to present this gospel because it's the power of God unto salvation. It's the power of God to change lives. Uh, it's what we stake our claim on. It's the, it's the thing that keeps us out of religion and in relationship. And we talked a lot about the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. We did an entire series um, called The Gospel of God, uh, Romans 1-8. Uh, through 8. And uh, we, we just talked a lot about the grace, grace of the Lord Jesus Christ in that message. And of course, the love of God is what caused the gospel in the first place. It means good news. It means God loves us. And God, uh, His love is, is, is basically the motivation of everything that God does. We, we really need to believe that. But this morning, I want to really zero in on this phrase, and I want to read it this way again, may the... Fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. May the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. That's every one of us. No exceptions. You know, this was God's plan from the very beginning that we have the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. It says in, in Genesis chapter, um, chapter 2, verse 7 that he formed us, he formed the first man out of the dust of the ground, and he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. You do realize that's the Holy Spirit, right? And, you know, God warned Adam and Eve that in the day that they would eat the forbidden fruit, that they would die. Well, they didn't fall over dead physically. In fact, they lived on physically for centuries. Uh, Adam was the third oldest man to ever live. Um, and they he, they certainly didn't die in their soulish, you know, part of their, their makeup. They still had a a mind that thought, a will that decided. Uh, they had emotions that, you know, all of that was affected by the fall. But they they continued to live on in that way. But the thing that died was their spirit. And we're born of a race of human beings with dead spirits. That's why Jesus tells us in John, or tells Nicodemus in, in John 3, John chapter 3, that unless you're born of the Spirit, you can never see or enter the kingdom of God. And so when we come to Christ and we, and we ask Him into our heart, the thing that comes into us is the Spirit of Christ. His Spirit comes in and gives us life. And we are born, we are born of the Spirit. And we begin to have this relationship with the Holy Spirit. The word here for fellowship means a couple of things. It means friendship. Isn't that cool? That we can actually have a friendship with God the Spirit. But it also means partnership. And that was also part of the original plan of God He wanted to have a relationship, a friendship with us, and so he breathed the breath of life into us, the Holy Spirit. And then he says, go and and, and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and rule over it. And we do that through the Holy Spirit. We do that through the Spirit that he gave us in the beginning and that, unfortunately, Adam forfeited in the fall. But God's intention of giving us his Spirit was friendship and partnership. It's kind of like the relationship that, that Peter and Andrew and James and John had together in their fishing business. They were friends. They were really, really, really close friends, but they were also partners in this business. And we are, we are to be friends of God through the Spirit, and we are to partner with Him in, in, in living this life and bringing the kingdom of God to bear on this earth. We're to cooperate with the Spirit and be partners with him in that way. And so in the fall, I said, we lost the Spirit, and Jesus came to restore the Spirit in us and that fellowship with the Spirit. And I want to look at a passage in John, actually a couple of passages in John. John 14, beginning with verse 16. Now, let me just set this up for you. So Jesus has been functioning in the fullness of the Spirit, his entire ministry. You remember when he was baptized, the Spirit came upon him, and it drove him into the wilderness where he was tempted. And then he came out of the Spirit, it says, in the fullness of the Spirit, and he began to perform miracles. And he lived this incredible life hearing the voice of God, uh, doing the will of God, and in, 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 in performing these incredible miracles, healings, raising the dead, uh, opening the eyes of the blind, Uh, healing the lepers you know he, he did all these things but he did all of this in the power of the Holy Spirit he actually gave up his God mode his glory and functioned as a man the way you and I are supposed to function now in the fullness of the Spirit he lived his life exactly the way he wants us to live leaning on the Spirit in friendship with the Spirit in fellowship with the Spirit so that we can do We can we can live this life in the power of the Spirit. And so the night before he dies, he has this this dinner with his disciples. It's the it's the upper room. It's it's the uh, it's it's when you know they have communion. The Lord's Supper is instituted in that night. But John doesn't tell that part of the story. But here's what he does say: He's he's telling them that he's about to leave, he's about to go back to the Father. And you know these guys are—they're are, like a bunch of ducks following their mama duck. You know, a bunch of ducklings following after mama duck. They—they've given up everything. They've left everything. They've left their church. You know, they left their fishing business. Peter, James, John, Andrew, and 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 these guys, these these twelve disciples. Uh, okay, twelve minus Judas because he's already gone. He left already. But but Jesus is talking to them now, and he says, "Look, guys, I'm going to leave you. I'm going to go back to the Father." And, and they're just devastated. They're like, we gave up everything to follow you. What are you talking about? And he's been talking about this for a while, but they just refuse to hear it. They, they don't want to think about life without Jesus. In fact, they're hoping that he's going to be the, the Messiah king that just you know, makes Israel great again and, reestab- and, and crushes Rome and reestablishes the kingdom of God on earth in a physical sense, the way it was back in the glory days of David and, and Solomon. But that's not Jesus' intention at all. And so here's what he says to them. He says, I will ask the Father, this is verse 16 of, yeah, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate, another helper, another comforter, another, uh, uh, an, uh, another counselor. The word there is paraclete, and I'm going to explain that in a moment. To help you and to be with you forever. Do you hear that? To be with you forever. He's never going to, once you receive the spirit, he's never going to leave you. The spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. Where has he lived with them? How has he lived with them? In Jesus, right? Right? Jesus, as I said, everything that he's done, he's done out of his relationship with, being filled with the Holy Spirit. Verse 18, I love this. This is like a bunch of children hearing that their mom's going to leave, right? Like, where are you going to go, you know? And he says, I will not leave you as orphans. In fact, I will come to you, he says. Now, wait a minute. The the disciples are really confused now. They're like, you're going to leave, but you're going to come. You're going away. You're going back to the Father, but you're not going to leave us as orphans. Like they're they're totally confused. They're grief stricken. They're 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 just really like they have no clue what he's talking about at this point. It's after Pentecost that they begin to realize, uh, after the Holy Spirit has come in power, that they begin to understand what Jesus is saying right now. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. So you're going to the Father. You're leaving. You're getting, You know. Anyway. Because I live, you will live also. On that day, you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. So he's saying the Spirit has been with you. He will be in you. I'm leaving, but I'm going to come to you. In that day, you'll realize that I am in the Father, you are in me, and I am in you. There's this this thing here. You know, one of the things that we have to be careful of as Trinitarians is that we don't parse out the Trinity so much that they're truly, I mean, you know, we think of them as three individual peoples and not just one God. They're both. And so the Father and the Son come to live in us in the Spirit. They're three, but they're one. And the God in you is the Holy Spirit. Now, the word that Jesus uses when he says counselor or advocate is the word paraclete. And it means it means counselor. It means comforter. These guys needed comfort. In fact, they continually needed comfort. Paul in his ministry was constantly being beaten and thrown in prison and persecuted and chased out of town and you know, scourged and stoned, and, and he needed the Holy Spirit to be there with him to help him and to comfort him. So helper, comforter, Counselor. It's really important that we understand that He's all these things. One of the things that 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 Christians tend to, to do is to make the Holy Spirit something other than a person. You know, to, I've I've often cringed as I've heard Christian brothers and sisters refer to the Holy Spirit as it. <laughs> you know. It gave me this, or it did this, and I'm like, It, you know. uh, We're talking about a person. We're talking about someone who has all the characteristics of a person. He has a will, he thinks, he speaks, he has emotions. He can be grieved. The Holy Spirit can be grieved. You know, Sometimes we think about, you know, we hear, you know, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. I mean, you know, we're told not to grieve the Holy Spirit. But here's an interesting thought. The reason the Holy Spirit can be grieved is because He cares about us. You know, something can happen to you, and you you're, you personally, you can do something stupid and, and, and really hurt yourself, or you can do something, or, or something can happen in your family, and even as your pastor, I may or may not know about it, and it may or may not really impact me emotionally. But what we're hearing from, from uh, you know, what, what we're talking about this morning in this relationship with a person who lives inside of us is that he cares so much about us. When we do stupid things and hurt ourselves when we sin, when when we we have struggles, when, when we go through difficult things, the Holy Spirit cares so much about us and He's so one with us that He grieves. He grieves. That's a good thing. In fact, I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit becomes one with our spirit and quickens our spirit to life. So that we're really that's where the oneness with God comes. And when we're one with him and we do something foolish or we go through some kind of struggle and we feel grief, we're feeling our own spirit grieving and we're also feeling the the grief of the Holy Spirit because we're one. It's beautiful. And the Holy Spirit cares so much about us. It says in Romans 8 that he prays for us with groans too deep for words. There's this relationship where he's so close to us. He cares so much about us. That he's there to, to to grieve with us and over us. And I love that. He wants to have a relationship with us. He wants us to reciprocate in this relationship. But he's here to encourage us, to comfort us, to inspire us, to empower us. But he's not just a force. He's not like, you know, Star Wars. You know, may the force be with you. This impersonal. Power and force. That's not who the Holy Spirit is. The Holy Spirit is very personal. The Holy Spirit is a person and He loves you and He cares about you and He's on board. You know, I was thinking about that. Jesus was Emmanuel. What does Emmanuel mean? God with us. Well, that's wonderful. But the Holy Spirit is God in us, God one with us in a deep personal relationship where he grieves with us, he prays for us, we groan too deep for words. He wants to have such a relationship with us that we're in constant communication with him. You know, Romans 8, as we preach through this, we kind of blew past this pretty fast. But it says that those who are sons of God, which includes you ladies, we're talking about firstborn son status here, the, 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 the son that gets the, the, the lion's share of the inheritance. Every one of us, women and men here, are sons of God in that respect. It says those who are sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. He wants to lead us through this life, He wants to c- communicate with us, have conversations with us, show us where to go, what to do, uh, how, how to stay in God's will, how to avoid sin. Guys, the other day, I, I had a rough week. I, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I had a rough week. And the Buckeyes didn't help. Man, that game was horrible for the first half anyway. <laughs> but I, Enough about the Buckeyes. I'm just kidding. But I, I had a pretty rough week. I don't know what happened, honestly. Um, I mean, wonderful church service on Sunday. Um, Dennis did a great job. I loved his message. Worship was awesome. But I, I woke up Monday morning, and um, my quiet time got interrupted. I ended up doing a lot of stuff on Monday that normally I would rest, and I didn't rest. Tuesday morning, I woke up, and I was just feeling really out of sorts. I don't, I don't know if you've experienced this. There's, it's, it was like there was no rhyme or reason to it. I just didn't feel close to the Lord. I felt out of sorts with the Lord. And the enemy just loves to come in with condemnation and accusation. He, he loves to discourage us. He, lo- he loves to, to mess with our heads and, and, and mess with our hearts. And I just was feeling really kind of out of sorts, like I said. Got through the day on Tuesday. Tuesday's meeting day at, at Vineyard Northridge. You know, we, I had like 15 meetings that day, it just seemed like it was meeting after meeting. Didn't get a lot of time with the Lord that day either. Woke up Wednesday morning feeling worse. I just felt like I was, like, God, where are you? And um, Thursday morning, I hit a low. I mean, I, was, I woke up and I was semi-depressed. And I'm like, what is, what is going on? And so... Uh, I, I, you know, I know these things are the attack of the enemy, but that doesn't help a lot. Just knowing that, you know, when you got a headache, you understand, hey, my blood vessels in my, you know, around my brain are, are enlarged, and so I, just knowing that doesn't help anything. My head still hurts, right? Just knowing that I'm under attack didn't help a whole lot. And you know, I, you know, we resist the enemy. I push back and that sort of thing, but. I got up and, and I was going to do my routine, get my shower, you know, go to my big fluffy chair in my room and have my quiet time. And the Holy Spirit says, no, we're not doing that this morning. I want you to, to go. Deb started school this week on Thursday, so that was her first day. And so she leaves around 7. Holy Spirit says, as soon as she clears the driveway, I want you at the church. I want you to walk over and spend some time with me. Just come by yourself. Don't bring any books. Don't bring a, your Bible. Just, just walk to the church and meet with me. And, and so I, I walked over, and I came in here, and as soon as I came in this room, something happened. And the, and the Holy Spirit said, just pour your heart out to me, Neil. What's going on? What are you feeling? So I, I just had a gripe session. <laughs> I don't know, you guys are probably way too spiritual for that, but I just, you know, just kind of poured my heart out. I was just like, ah, this and that and Dennis and what. No, I'm kidding. And, um, no, I'm totally kidding. I love these guys. They keep, me, they keep me up, but, but not up at night, but, you know, just up. <laughs> well, sometimes. But I just, you know, I just poured my heart out for about 20 minutes, just, you know, and then the Holy Spirit started speaking. And he just started addressing one thing after another after another. And he just reminded me, hey, your righteousness, is, remember, is in Christ. Remember what you guys said during that series on the gospel of God? Your righteousness is in Christ Jesus. You have nothing to prove. You don't have to perform anything. And you're not doing, you're not doing such a bad job. You, you know, the enemy's on your back right now. He's accusing. He's attacking. Just blow that off. That's a bunch of lies. I mean, he just spoke directly to my situation. And after an hour, just walking around in this room, listening to the Holy Spirit, I walked home. And you know, everything looked different on the, way, on the walk back to my house. The, the sky was a bluer blue. The grass was a greener green. I actually felt peace and joy. When I came over here, I didn't feel any peace and joy at all. But that's the Holy Spirit. And it wasn't some outside voice that was talking to me. It was right here. I love what Putty Putman said one time. He's a, a pastor friend of our church in Central Illinois Vineyard. Uh, he he recently m- moved to Chicago, but he was preaching here one time, and he said this. He said, um, "He said I used to to try to get to hear the audible voice of God." He said, uh, Young in my you know, walk, and I, I, Lord, I just need to, I want to hear your audible voice. I want to hear your audible voice. I just want you to speak to me. I hear about Bill Johnson and, you know, different people hearing you. And finally, <laughs> the Holy Spirit said, Look, uh, I mean, Jesus said, You know, I, I went to a lot of trouble to get me on the inside of you. So why do you want to hear from the outside of you? When I speak, I'm going to speak from the inside because that's where I live, that's where I am. And that's what happened. Amen. Yeah, amen. Thank you, Jesus. I want to talk about friendship for a moment because we all long for friendship. We all want friendship. You know, last or two weeks ago, Putty quoted from a guy named Bob Fulton about we were talking about small groups and the importance of small groups. And, um, Happy said that this guy, Bob Fulton, who's a friend of the Vineyard, said, people come to the church for a lot of reasons, but they stay for one. Friendship. They come to the church for a lot of reasons, but they stay for one, and that's because they develop friendships. And, you know, as I was thinking about this whole thing of fellowship with the Holy Spirit, I thought, you know, it's the same with God. People come to God for all kinds of reasons. They come to God because... They feel guilty. They, 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 they know they're sinners. They, they, they're feeling conviction. So they come to God to get forgiveness and, and, and to get their sins forgiven. They, they may be in a crisis and they, they're desperate for help. They may be lonely and they, they want fellowship, you know, and, and so they, 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 they come to God. But they still stay for that same reason. It's not because they love religion. <laughs> it's because... They experience fellowship and friendship with God. And and they fall in love with Him. And there's that relationship that keeps them coming back. They encounter friendship with God. God in us. He wants friendship. He wants our friendship. We need His friendship. (laughs) Everybody is looking for friendship. Happy also said that loneliness is the number one disease of our culture. You know, Americans live inside walls. We're a lonely bunch, and we long for friendship. But here's what we long for. We long for unconditional acceptance. We long for unconditional approval. We long for for just love. We long for significance. And we try to get that in friendships. We try to pull that out of people. If you'll just accept me, if you'll just love me unconditionally, if you'll just, if you'll just, if you'll just, I'll be okay. We're hungering and thirsting for something. And it is friendship. But if we try to get that from people, we're always going to be let down. Because there is no one that you're going to meet that's going to be able to meet all those needs for you. There's only one person that can do that, and that's God himself. I didn't need Dennis on Thursday. I love him. And I actually had a conversation with him on Wednesday, and he made me feel a little better. But I'm telling you, on Thursday morning, I was still back in the same place. I had to get what I needed from God. I had to get what I needed from my friendship, my fellowship with the Holy Spirit. And he gave it to me. Now, here's here's an interesting thought. If we will start with God, if we will start with the Holy Spirit and draw our unconditional acceptance and our unconditional approval and our significance and our identity from him, then we can go into relationships with other people in a healthy way. And we're not going to be trying to take from people. We're actually going to be filled up enough that we can give to people. If you come come looking for something from someone else, demanding stuff from someone else, trying to suck approval and acceptance and all those things that we need, if you do, you're dangerous. And you can destroy friendships that way. But if you if you get your needs met in him then you can come and have real friendship with people because you have something to give not something to take The Holy Spirit wants friendship, he wants fellowship, he wants communion. We need those things. And you know he is nearer than the very air in your lungs. That's what's so cool. That's what's so cool. You know, one of the things that I love about the Holy Spirit is that he's that friend that you can be totally honest with. You can be totally honest with the Holy Spirit. You can tell him the worst things about yourself and he's still going to love you. He's still going to be your friend. He's never going to reject you. Your seekers are safe with Him. You can be honest about every issue in your life. You can even disagree with Him. And He's still going to be your friend. He's still going to maintain that friendship. I love that about Him. You ever yelled at God? You know, I used to be afraid of that. But there have been a couple of times in the last few months that that I've actually come to him and said, you know, Lord, I, I don't understand this. Why are you allowing this to happen? I don't like this. And he just smiles. He's like, yeah, I understand. you trust me? Do you trust me? Because that's really it right there. We've got to trust the one who is God, the one who lives inside of us, the, lo- the one who's going to tell us the truth, even when we don't like it. But he's never going to abandon us. He's never going to reject us. Hebrews chapter 13, verses 5 and 6, and the Amplified says this, and this is about the Holy Spirit, guys. This is about the Holy Spirit. He says, He has said, I will never under any circumstances desert you, nor give up or give you up, nor leave you without support, nor will I in any degree leave you helpless, nor will I forsake you or let you down or relax my hold on you, assuredly not. So we take comfort and are encouraged and confidently say, the Lord is my helper in time of need. I will not be afraid. This is the one who will never abandon us. He is our friend forever. He is resident God God in us. So Jesus had to to have his friendship with God through the vehicle of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit revealed the Father's heart to Jesus. The Holy Spirit was the one that upheld him in every situation he was in. He gave Jesus the ability to overcome everything, including Jesus' reluctance to go to the cross. (laughs) The Holy Spirit revealed the mind of the Father to Jesus. He revealed the words to speak. He was the one who gave Jesus the power to to do miracles. And he was ultimately the Spirit who raised Christ Jesus from the dead. Powerful friend. Powerful friend. And the way Jesus lived with the Spirit is the way we're supposed to live with the Spirit. And I want to say this too, the Holy Spirit makes the presence and power of God a reality in our lives, just like he did in Jesus' life. I want to say this, a friendship is something that you have to cultivate. You have to cultivate a friendship, right? You don't microwave friendships. Friendships develop over time. Friendships develop in long conversations. Dennis and I have had, what, what, seven years now? We've had hours and hours and hours of conversations. We've gotten to know each other. He's influenced me. Hopefully I've influenced him. But, but we've been in each other's lives, and we've cultivated this friendship. And, and I want to encourage you, don't be discouraged if you... Uh, someone said... In sermon prep meeting the other day, "Neil, I've never had an experience like you had on Thursday where the Holy Spirit spoke to me that way." Well, just listen. <laughs> just listen, because I'm going to tell you the secret of cultivating a friendship with the Holy Spirit. It's very simple, very easy to do. It's, it's, it's basically this: It's hunger and thirst. It's raw need. The Holy Spirit can't resist when we come to him and just say, I need you, I want you, I want to hear from you, I want to be led by you. I'm spiritually poor, you're the richness that I need. I want you in my life, I want to know you, I'm thirsty, I'm hungry for you, and I want your friendship. He cannot resist that, folks. It's our weakness, it's our need, it's our hunger, it's our thirst. Jesus says, if anyone thirsts, Let him come to me and drink, and from his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. And it says he was referring to the Spirit that was to be given after he went to the Father. Isaiah 55, verse 1 Come to the waters. Come, all you who are thirsty, come and drink, come and eat. Water and bread without cost. Our hunger, our thirst, our desires to go deeper with God, to know Him, puts us in a position to cultivate a relationship with the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will begin to reveal Himself to you. And He will speak to you because He's promised to. That's what Jeremiah 33 says. Call to me and I will answer you and I will tell you great and mighty things which you do not know. It's the Holy Spirit within us that communicates those things. Guys, there's nothing like the friendship that we can have with the Holy Spirit. And I just want you to know He is inside of you. He's there for you, with you. He's there to empower you. He's there to strengthen you, to encourage you, to speak to you, to bless you. And to keep you connected to God at all times. And I want you to know that relation. May the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your precious gift to us. Lord Jesus, you were so intent on us being filled with your spirit that that's the very thing you, you did, the very first thing after your resurrection you came to your disciples and breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. You said, don't leave Jerusalem until the power of the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You were intent on us having your spirit and that is for each one of us, not just the 12, not just the 140 or 120 in the upper room. That's for all of us, Lord. We want the Holy Spirit, the fullness of the Holy Spirit and fellowship and friendship with the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, just draw us to you. Cause us to go after that friendship and help us just to acknowledge how much we need you <laughs> and how how let us experience you just revealing yourself to us in our need. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this message. For more information about our church, visit vineyardnorthridge.org or find us on social media at Vineyard Northridge.